Would you welcome Pastor Dan? And be bold about it. All right, you got your Bibles? Get your Bibles out. What? Kids? If you're a kid here, you are dismissed. Adam's like, I got a good, good thing going for you today. Look at all those kids. That's awesome. That's so cool. I just met um, the, pa- the senior pastor of uh, North Hill, the new senior pastor today. He was, they were fixing something they broke, and he... Um, was talking real well about us and talking about how the Spirit of God must be really pouring out all over this place. And that got me all teary-eyed, of course, to hear my seven-day Adventist brother talking like that. But um, pretty cool. So if you have your Bibles with you today, go ahead and open it up to Acts chapter 4. You know, that's where we've been. Buckle up today. It's going to be pretty exciting, I think. I'm excited, at least, because today we're going to be talking about bold speaking. And I know it kind of probably feels like that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. But guess what? We weren't. The first week we talked about bold living. Second week, what did we talk about? Bold, bold prayers. prayers. And today we're talking about bold speaking. And today I just want to start off by speaking a bold truth. And this is that I passionately hate spiders. If anyone agrees, could I just get a big amen in the house today? I hate them. 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 I hate how they hide behind couches. I hate how they hide underneath my bed. I hate how they have this web that they grow every time that I try to go to my shed and get my mower so I can mow the lawn. Spring arrived. Did you notice that we had a mild winter? And with a mild winter, it meant spring brought a barrage of spiders upon my lawn, upon my house, and upon my family. I mean, I'm killing five spiders a day. Just last night, I'm talking to Emmanuel. Remember Emmanuel? Emmanuel's going to Ghana. And I'm talking to him, having this great spiritual conversation. And a spider starts crawling up my leg while I'm talking. I'm like, ah! Ah! Watching the Mariners. Go Mariners. They're going to win the series against the Angels, which I'm really happy about. I'm watching the Mariners reclining. Sure enough, a spider is on my shorts. Ah! I'm just slapping it away. I hate them. Now, I used to be afraid to kill spiders. Anyone ever have that dilemma where you hate them, but you're afraid to kill them? That's how I was for years. I hate them, but I want to kill them. It all changed in 2004. 2004, I moved into this basement of an air conditioning company in Spokane. That basement was the birthplace of all known spiders. It was their den. I mean, these things were huge. And so I had to have the attitude I was either going to kill or be killed. And as you can see, I'm still here. I came out victorious. But each year, you know, I've gotten a little braver in killing them. In fact, yesterday with those two spiders, I killed them with my hands. Now, inevitably, some of you, maybe more softer, more politically correct people, would shout back at me, Pastor Dan, don't kill the spider. It's one of God's creations, right? Don't you know that they eat insects? They're good, Pastor Dan. You need to love the spider. And we live in this hypersensitive, politically correct world where you don't want to hurt the spider. Poor little spider. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bag them up. I'm going to take them to your house so that you can love them and you can take care of them. Far, far away from me. You know, this whole politically correct thing, this this soft thing, it's overflowed into the church world as well. And and so a lot of people, you know, they would say something like this. You know, I don't I don't want to offend anybody. You know, I don't want to offend anybody, and so I'm not going to speak too boldly about my faith. So instead of speaking about my faith, I'm just going to let my life be a witness. 
I'm just going to let my life be a witness, which, by the way, sounds really good. In fact, it's true. I preach that all the time. I believe it. I want all of us to live it. Hands down, we want our life to be a witness. But there are times, church, there are times when we shouldn't just let our lives be a witness, but we should let the words we speak be a witness as well. Speak boldly. For example, if I came to your house, no, actually, let's twist it around. Let's say you came to my house. And let's just say the two of us were going for a little stroll, a little walk. And I see this giant, poisonous spider. I mean, just creepy thing. Let's call it a black widow. It's just hanging there on its web. And we're headed straight for it. If we're walking along and I just kind of do this and kind of move out of the way. Well, guess what? I'm letting my life be a witness, aren't I, right? I might be letting my life be a witness. But you may notice that. I didn't tell you. (laughs) And so if you didn't notice my little scooch over to the right, you're going to head right into that nest or into that web. In fact, you might get bit by that horrifyingly terrific and terrible spider. Sometimes you got to be a little more loving than that. Sometimes. In fact, I would say instead of just letting my life be a witness, you know what would have been a little bit more appropriate for me to say? Spider! Get out of the way. Get the poison. Kill it. I hate spiders. So there's a time for your life to be a witness. There's a time also when you got to speak boldly to keep people out of the web. To keep them from getting bit. Because you love them and you know there's a better way for them in their life. All right. So the key idea for this whole series, I've said it every week. I want to say it again. Boldness, it's behavior born out of belief. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Today, our key thought, if you're taking notes, is this. We speak boldly about what we believe boldly. We speak boldly about what we believe boldly. Would you say that with me together? We speak boldly about what we believe boldly, deeply. In fact, in the book of Acts, there are so many verses about New Testament Christians who believe deeply that Christ is not dead. But instead, he is alive because they believed in the resurrection of the Christ. They spoke boldly over and over again. I, there's countless examples of this in the scriptures. I want to give you three this morning. Acts 9:28. It's, it's about Saul, who later became Paul. If you remember, he's that guy that persecuted the Christians, right? He even wanted to have them killed. And he's been transformed by Christ. And the Bible says Paul moved about freely in Jerusalem, doing what? Everybody say it aloud. He was speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So were Paul and Barnabas. Acts 14.3, it says Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. And what were they doing? They weren't just letting their lives be a witness, but they were, say it together, speaking boldly for the Lord. In Acts 4.31, we looked at this text last week. We saw this just extraordinary persecution that the disciples were under. But they prayed for even more boldness. And the Bible says in verse 31, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? Say it together. They spoke the word of God boldly. Why? Because we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Now, I'm going to catch you up on the story of uh, where we've been the last couple of weeks. If you've missed church lately, we're, we're talking about Peter and John. They're walking by the temple gate. They, be, they come across this guy who's been lame. He hasn't been able to walk for over 40 years. Everybody in this community knew this guy. He was a beggar. He asked Peter and John, he says, hey, can you guys please give me some money? And they say, you know, silver and gold we do not have. But what we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene of Nazareth, walk. 
And that's exactly what happens. Extremely bold. And miraculously, this guy who's been lame for over 40 years, he gets up, suddenly he can walk. Now, can you imagine the buzz this must have created in this community? Because everybody knew this guy, right? They maybe even had this guy ask him for money. He's a beggar and he's always in need. So everybody's talking about this miracle. Well, the religious people, those, the Sanhedrin, they didn't like the fact that Peter and John, they're talking about this resurrection of the dead. They don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So they put him on trial or put these guys on trial. They threaten them and they question them. They want to either keep them imprisoned or they want to kill them. But the Sanhedrin, they're trapped. You see, the problem is this guy, he couldn't walk and now he can walk and everybody knew it. And so they couldn't come down hard on Peter and John. Do you see how they're stuck? And that's where we're going to pick up the story. Verse 16. They're stuck. There's this inner dialogue between the Sanhedrin, these religious leaders. And, and let's, let's hear what they say. It says, what are we going to do with these men? You can just picture it, right? They're, they're in their little circle. They're saying, what are we going to do with these men? Everybody living here in Jerusalem knows that they've done an outstanding miracle. And what did they say? They said, and we cannot deny it. I love, I love this because essentially what they're saying is, you know, we don't believe it, but we can't deny it. In fact, we don't really even understand it, but we can't deny it. And how I love when God does something so obvious that the world looks on and they say, you know, I don't believe it. I don't understand it, but I can't deny it. It reminds me of the story of John with that forklift accident. Every bone in that leg should have been broken. His leg should have needed to be amputated. At least the blood flow or the circulatory system and maybe his nerves, his muscles. It should have all been messed up. But instead, his leg was miraculously healed. And the doctors, they had to come to Sandy and they say, Andy, we don't understand it. In fact, we, we hardly believe it, but we cannot deny it. Your husband's leg is intact. Some of you, you have a marriage that it was going to hell in a handbasket. You know it was and everyone around you knew it was. And then the husband or the wife, they get radically saved or God just performs a miracle. And now you're like newlyweds, right? You're hugging and you're kissing at your life group. Everybody's going, I don't understand it. I mean, they were at each other's throat. Now they're making out in our Bible study. I mean, something has happened. Some of you, you've tried to raise a teenager and you know that teenager has gotten to everything bad there is. That they could get into. But then they met Christ. And now they're reading their Bible. Now they're an influencer. They're inviting family and friends to church. And I bet their friends are saying, I don't understand it. In fact, I don't even believe it. In fact, I make fun of it, fun of you for it. But I cannot deny it. There's something different here. Others of you, in your own life, you were addicted. Or you were outside of God's will for your life. You were in bondage or you were in fear. And then something rose up inside of you and you're not the same. And other people look on and they say, I don't understand it, but I can't deny it. Something has happened. See, every now and then you just get around the things of God like these religious leaders did. And you say, you know, I don't believe it. But I'm telling you, this guy, he couldn't walk for 40 years. And now he's playing hopscotch. This guy could not walk and we cannot deny it. So that's the context of verse 17. They said, we got to stop this. We got to stop this. The religious, the religious leader said, but to stop this thing, everybody say thing. What's the thing? Christianity, right? To stop this thing from spreading any longer among the people. We must warn these men, Peter and John, to no longer do what? 
We must warn these men to speak no longer. No more speaking. You can't tell anyone. Speak to anyone in this name. They couldn't even say the name of Jesus. Verse 18. Then, then they called them in again and they commanded them. Now with a command, think about something would have accompanied the, the command, right? Probably a threat. We don't know what the threat is. Maybe imprisonment. Maybe even their life. But they commanded them not to do what? Not, not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Now, Peter and John, they have something to say. They, they reply, judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. That's pretty bold. And now I love this. Here's what they said. For we cannot help. Everybody say cannot help. Say it again. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. In other words, because we believe deeply, we're going to speak boldly. You know, the two words in the Greek translated cannot help, they basically mean it's not possible. You need to understand, you can threaten us, we're still going to speak. You can beat us, we'll speak louder. You can put us to our death, the last words that we're going to speak are the names of Jesus Christ. Because once you've seen what we've seen and you've heard what we've heard, you just got to tell about it. See, it's that good. If you saw the people that we were before, if you saw the people that we were and the people that we are now, if you saw the sins that he's forgiven in my life, you just have to talk about it. If you saw the miracles that we've seen, you just couldn't keep it to yourself. When you're excited about something, you talk about it. It could be a movie. Anyone see Avengers? I love Avengers, right? There's, there's Thor and Iron Man and who are the other guys? Hulk and Captain America and everything blows up. And you're like, yeah. We gotta see that movie, right? You go to a restaurant and you, and you eat food and you're like, this food is amazing. You gotta go to this restaurant. You gotta try the food. Or you hear this wonderful song on the radio. It's the new Justin Bieber song. And you're like, this is awesome. And what do you do when you hear it? You turn it up. You gag. You don't gag. You turn it up, baby, baby, baby. Never say never. You turn that up. You go, I want the whole world to hear this song. There are some things you just can't stop talking about. When you've seen what I've seen, when you've heard what I've heard, and you realize that Christ was dead, but now he's alive, it changes everything. You can threaten us all you want, but you need to understand we will never, ever, ever stop talking about Jesus. It's impossible. Amen? All right, so we're not going to just let our lives be a witness. Now, that's a great place to start. Please understand your life must be more than just talking. Please don't just be a talking head. If, if you're talking the talk but not walking the walk, you have a label. You're called a modern day Pharisee. You're beautiful on the outside but full of dead men's bones on the inside. But along with your life being a witness, there are times we just have to speak because it's so deep within us. Again, we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Today, I want to give you four specific areas where I believe God wants you to speak, not just to live as a witness, but to speak boldly because you believe so deeply. But before I do, let's pray. Stir us up, God. Please let this not just be a good nonprofit or just a neat organization or a fun place to do fun events. Stir us up, Lord. To be Christ followers, to be your disciples who get tired and dirty from following you and doing your work, Lord Jesus Christ. Enlist us, Lord, into your, into your mighty army, Lord. Use us, call us, 
for your good, Lord, and for your purposes. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. If you need notes or a pen today, would you just raise your hand? We got some in the back. Raise them up high. Anybody? All right. We're covered today. Sounds good. First one, if you're taking notes, is this. Because I believe so deeply, there are times I can't help but speak boldly to myself. To myself. Are they already filled in? Oh, no, you're all right. (laughs) All right. Boldly to myself. King David, he's the best example I know of this. He does this again and again in the Psalms, right? Psalm 42. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. First Samuel 36, the Bible says, David, he was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. In this room, some of you are greatly distressed right now. Some of you, you walked in this morning and there's a lot of hard things going on in your life. What did David do? The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. I love this. He preached himself a sermon. Do you see that? He encouraged himself. He spoke boldly to himself. What was that like? What did he say? I mean, I can just hear David preaching to himself. He might have said, you know, I remember the time that God gave me the strength to kill the lion. I remember when he gave me the strength to kill the bear. I remember when God gave me the faith to stand down that giant and say, who are you uncircumcised Philistine to come against the armies of my living God? Everybody else says you're too big to beat. I say you're too big to miss. Somebody give me a rock and duck. I'm taking them out. He preached to himself. Whatever it is, he preached to himself and he encouraged himself. If you're a guy in this congregation, I'm just going to say you are probably struggling in the area of lust. You're probably struggling with lustful thoughts. I hate it, but it's true. And I'm sure, women, you have your issues as well. But for most men, one of the major issues that we struggle with is lust. Men, you've got to start preaching to yourself every day. If you need to, preach the same sermon every day. Preach it a thousand times. Get into your Bible. Get into the Word of God and preach the Word of God to yourself. Read Job. Read the Old Testament. Declare out loud, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully on a woman. Tell yourself that every day. Make a covenant with your eyes not to look lustfully at a woman. If you need to get creative with that prayer or to that sermon, just add this. Say, she is created in the image of God. And I will honor her as my sister in Christ and not reduce her to an object to satisfy my lust. For some of you, you might need to do this again and again and again and again. But here's what happens when you begin to do this. You're preaching the word of God. And God's word, it begins to renew your mind. It does. And God's word, it will give you victory. It will give you victory. The word of God is called the sword of the spirit and the sword of the spirit with it in your hands. You can preach your way boldly to victory in your life. All of us can do this, by the way, men and women. I'm telling you what, if you've never preached a sermon before, you need to start preaching to yourself. The next time you're overwhelmed and you are overcome with too much to do, I mean, you got babies everywhere, you got diapers, you got laundry, you just begin to preach to yourself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're overwhelmed at your business. There's just too much. Preach to yourself. When I am weak, he is strong, not by power or might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When you're afraid, just preach to yourself. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind when you're worried just preach god's word to yourself i will not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving i'm going to present my request to god and the peace of god which passes all understanding is going to guard my heart and my mind in christ jesus sometimes you just got to preach to yourself amen amen 
Get the word of God in you and preach the word of God to yourself. Because I believe so deeply, even now, even now, I believe so deeply in the Lord. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Some of you came this morning, you didn't know you were a preacher. You didn't. You came in not knowing that. You thought I was a preacher. But turn to your neighbor right now. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a preacher and I didn't even know it. Say it again. I'm a preacher and I didn't even know it. Come on. You speak boldly because you believe deeply. You preach encouragement to yourself from the Word of God. We need a bunch of Davids to rise up in this church. Secondly is this. Because I believe so deeply, I can't help but encourage you. I can't help but encourage you. Life spring, listen up, the body of Christ. Christians, we should hands down, far away, be the most encouraging people on planet Earth. It's true. Scripture, it says in Hebrews 3.13, we're told to encourage one another. Encourage one another. How often? The Bible says, encourage one another daily. Encourage one another every single day, as long as it's called today. That you should be encouraged one another with God's word to lift people up. Parents, if you're a parent, raise your hand. All right, put them down. Parents, encourage your kids. Encourage your kids. Sit them down and speak prophetically in their life. Don't spend all your time telling them all the things that they're not good at. Don't waste all your oxygen telling them where they're failing, pointing out all their flaws in their lives. Instead, speak life into your kids. Speak prophetically over your kids. My mom, she always reminded me that God had a plan for my life. And she said that to me over and over and over and over again in my life. How we speak to our kids. How we speak to them and what they hear and what they feel from us is so important. Parents, we have a sacred duty and a responsibility from the Lord. Encourage your kids. And church, encourage one another. Encourage one another. I want to share a story. You see, um, being appointed as senior pastor at LifeSpring, I got to be honest, it was a life-changing, life-altering event for my family. I don't know how to explain it to you. It was just a huge transition. I became senior pastor at the end of August. I, be, I, I welcomed a new baby girl into our family in the middle of October. And by mid-December, I was exhausted. I was completely wiped out. And so our family... We're just trying to survive, and so we went away for a night. And while we were gone, a huge, major issue came up in our church. That, in fact, an issue that maybe in 20 years of being a senior pastor, you wouldn't ever have to deal with this. But God saw me worthy of handling this situation in the first few months of being a senior pastor. Thank you, God. But, you know, I, I remember around this time, I was talking to a small group in our men's fraternity. And by the way, if you're a guy here, this, this is our men's group. Every one of you sign up for men's fraternity. It's awesome. Carve out your time. It's usually on Thursday nights. It's going to start up in the fall. It's an amazing ministry. You've got to come. But anyways, I told this group, I said, you guys, I'm, I'm just not happy. You know, with the circumstances of my life, I'm just not happy. I said, I, I will remain faithful to God. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay true to my God. But I'm not happy. In fact, here's a portion of an email that I sent one of you back then. This is what I wrote. I said, as Mary and I have tried to walk through our own struggles the past two weeks, it's been extremely difficult to stay positive. With this bad news coming, this is while I was on vacation, with this bad news coming this morning while we we're trying to keep the emotional well-being of our family together by escaping for a night, I felt like the Lord told me this. I'm not supposed to try and stay positive, but I'm supposed to give it my all to remain faithful. Faithful. In the midst of the storm, Faithful. Dan, remain faithful. Don't give up on God. Don't forget his promises. 
Do not waver. Do not cower. God wins. So that's the season I was in. Extremely difficult. I was tired and exhausted. And I know almost every one of us in this room have experienced similar seasons like that before. But listen up. Within a couple of days of all of this, behind my back, so to speak, one of the men in our church put together a prayer vigil of sorts to make sure that my family was covered in prayer. Where different men would pray at different times for our family. And without us knowing it, I would call it incognito prayer. In fact, one of the ladies sent me a text at almost one in the morning morning during this time. I, I want to read it to you. and I want you to hear what this says. She said, hey, sorry, I'm te- this is like one in the morning. She goes, hey, I'm sorry I'm texting you so late. But my friend who is your neighbor said there was a guy parked and sitting in a black car just outside your driveway by the trees in your front yard. And it seemed a little sketchy. So I told her to pass that along to you in case you wanted to take a peek. Although it's probably nothing. Yeah, that was one of you. (laughs) That was one of our guys out in my bushes uh, praying for my family. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And in so many ways, I'm standing here today talking to you today because somebody took the time to encourage me to keep on going. And I want to do the same today. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't grow weary of doing good. For the proper time, at the proper season, you're going to reap a harvest if you do not give up. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on that vision that God has given you. Don't give up on that ministry that you know God placed deep, deep within your heart. And by all means, don't give up on God. Because God doesn't give up on you. Sometimes we just got to encourage somebody. And Christians, we need to be the most encouraging people. And I love that about Life Spring. I mean, some of you, you're not even going to be able to leave the building today without encouraging somebody else. You're going to see somebody and, you're, and God's going to prompt your heart. You're going to go over and speak to them. And you might be like, I don't even know you. I don't even know why. But I just believe God wants you to hear this. And you're going to list someone up. Because when you believe deeply, you have to speak boldly. And I pray our church rises up to be the boldest encouragers on planet earth. Amen. Third thing. Because we believe so deeply. This one's not nearly as fun. But ever bit is important. Because I believe so deeply. I can't help but lovingly correct you. I want you to notice I said lovingly. Can everybody say lovingly? lovingly. Alright. So you don't go out and be a jerk in the name of Jesus. <laughs> don't go out. Hold up some sign full of hate. Telling everyone's going to hell. And think you're being bold. That's not bold. That's stupid. Listen up, don't go home and be one of those jerk husbands where you take out your Bible as a sword and cut your wife down with a sword. Shut up, woman, you don't speak. Submit to me. On and on and on. That's garbage. That's abuse. That's not biblical correction. And you will answer to God for it. Biblical correction is when someone steps outside of the word of God and your response to them is to love them. You're not better than them, but you love them. And so you correct them lovingly, like it talks about in Matthew 18. And so many people have had to correct me. Dan, we love you too much to keep you going this way. And praise the Lord for those times. You know, it could be that you're a girl and your your girlfriend, she's always trash talking her husband. Right? He's not a spiritual leader. He's just a bump on the log. He's this. He's that. He's this. He's that. And finally, you just say, you know what? 
I love you and I love your marriage way too much to let you keep talking him out of who God wants him to be. He will never become the man of God that God wants him to be if you continue to take him out at the knees. You speak to your girlfriend. You speak life into her life. You speak love. You speak encouragement. I'm not going to let you talk about him that way. I love you too much to let you to continue to tear him down. Everybody knows someone who's addicted, right? Addicted to drugs or addicted to pornography, addicted to alcohol, addicted to work. And yet nobody says anything about it. But you're going to. You're going to. You're going to stand in the way and you're going to say, I'm here. I'm not better than you, but I love you. And I'm going to stay here with you. I'm not going to let you spiral down. No, in fact, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get help. I'm going to stand by you. And together we are going to kick this addiction. I love you too much. To let you hurt yourself. In fact, I damn burst. I have always struggled with being addicted to work. I love my job. I love my job. I love to work. And I can get completely carried away with my job. But there's several of you in this room. You just begin to step up and call me on it. Hey, hey, Pastor Dan, did you happen to, did you schedule that meeting on your day off? Uh, yeah. Or, Pastor Dan, do you have a day off? Oh, yeah. You know, I just start making all these excuses. You just start calling me out. Ray Wright, last week, I'm, I'm having a meeting with him. He goes, Dan, one more thing. When someone says one more thing, it's always like, ah. Anyways, one more thing. I just wanted to say this to you, Dan. Um, you need to slow down in your life. You're doing way too much. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your church and to God to slow down. It's not going to benefit anybody if you burn out. And he goes, stop it. <laughs> no, no, stop, stop. Well, here's the thing. He said that, and think, what did I do? I had a thousand excuses why I was okay, right? A thousand, well, you know, because I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and this is what I do, justifications, reasoning. But he was right. He was right. And, I, and the only way I was able to receive that correction is because I knew he was speaking to me out of love and out of concern for me. You know, maybe you're a guy, and one of your buddies, you're hanging with him, and he shares that he's leaving his wife for another woman. You know what you're going to do? You're going to get in his face because no one else will. And you're going to say, hey, I'm going to be the best friend you've ever had. You may want to hit me and you might hate me, but you said I do before God. You made a promise to God and you made a promise to her. And I'm not going to let you play with that poisonous snake because see, Satan, he is a liar. And you're chasing something that's going to destroy your life. Get your butt back into your house. Be a man of God. Love your bride. Take care of your kids. You're not going to let some other man raise your kids. I love you too much. Some of you need to speak boldly, not because you're better, but because you believe deeply. And when you believe deeply, you've got to speak boldly. The fourth thought, and this one's my favorite, because I believe so deeply, I cannot help but lead you toward Christ. I can't help it. That's what the disciples said. You beat us. You lock us up. You can threaten to kill us. But verse 20 But we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. We can't help it. We're just going to do it. You can't talk us out of it. It's never, ever, ever going away. I don't know if you've noticed this. Maybe you have. But almost every week I invite people to turn from their sins, to repent, and to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Almost every week. And this is a fairly small group of people. In fact, I don't know if if you remember, but just everybody kind of knew everybody, right? And nobody raises their hands. But did that stop me? No. I just keep on doing it. Pastor Dan, why would you do a thing like that? 
Why would you keep on doing it? Because I've tasted and I've seen the Lord is good. And when you've seen what I've seen, when you've heard what I've heard, you can't be quiet about it. See, if you just knew who I was, if you just knew how much filth and junk was in my life, if you had any idea what God has forgiven me of, how much by the grace of God and only by his strength, he has transformed me from a sarcastic, lustful, pitiful, prideful jerk into a mighty man of God. If you knew that, you'd understand why I have to say what I say on Sunday mornings. You would understand why I want to reach the lost in this community for Jesus Christ. You might as well ask the sun to stop shining, the birds to stop singing, the rain to stop falling, before any of that, before you could ever get me to stop talking about Jesus Christ. I mean it. Ridicule me, spit on me, scorn me, kill me. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You can't get me to shut up. And I want that for everyone. That's why I always ask you to invite your friends. If you have a non-Christian friend, you want them to come to the Lord? There's a good chance it might happen on a Sunday morning. Last two weeks, we had six salvations, six eternities, one for Christ. Forever and ever and ever, eternities won for the Lord. Because this is a church that will present the gospel and give people an opportunity to turn from their sins and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When I, when I get excited, you get excited, right? I mean, you know what you were like without Christ. And you've been saved and you're fired up. You've been set free and you can't contain it. Others of you are like, whoa, calm down. Why are you so excited? I mean, this is just church. We come to church and it's fun and it's light and we sway like this and we just feel good. Right? Just church. Well, here's the deal. And some of you might hate me for this. But if you don't speak boldly, maybe you don't believe deeply. Let me say it again. If you don't speak boldly, maybe it's because you don't believe deeply. Because when you believe deeply, I'm telling you, you can't live for the lower things of this world. You can't be like this world selling out to material things. There's something like a fire burning within your gut. You've got to make a difference. And I received so many texts and emails and phone calls this week. I loved this last week hearing you guys being bold for the Lord. It fired me up. Two quick examples. One, uh, one of you was hanging out at Guitar Center in Tacoma. You saw one of the employees. He had a tattoo. It said, Lord of Lords. So you begin talking to him about the Lord. You find out that he's uh, just moved here recently working at Tacoma. You give him a card, invite him to church. I love it. You were bold for the kingdom of God. Another one of you, you went to a new chiropractic. This gets me going. And when you go to a new chiropractic, you got all these forms that you got to fill out. One of them says, what gives you relief? And his answer was... J-E-S-U-S exclamation point. I love it. On a medical form, he wrote Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're just at that baseball game Friday night. Some, one of you is handing out life spring cards to the people around us. I love that. So here's the deal. Let the Holy Spirit rise up within you. Let the Holy Spirit rise up within me where we just got to say who he is and we just got to speak what he's done. Because you cannot stop talking about what you've seen and heard again church you speak boldly about what you believe deeply father god we pray lord that this church that life spring would be a place that believes in you lord deeply and that there'd be an overflow of just a boldness lord of boldness, as we're filled with your spirit, just, just an outpouring of boldness, Lord. Even now, Lord, just stir that up within this church, Lord.
A boldness, Lord, for you, God. A boldness for you, Lee. The reality, God, is your son, he died. Yes, he died, but he rose again. He's resurrected from the dead. I can't think of better news than that. That the son of God who, who died for our sins resurrected on the third day. This is the good news. This is the gospel truth. We, we have so much to talk about. So much to sing about. So much to share about. Lord, stir us up. Challenge us, God, to be bold for your kingdom. Lord, fill us with your grace. Fill us with your generosity. Fill us with your compassion that we would earn the right to be heard in this world by being sacrificial, by being Christ-following, by being God-honoring, faithful people. Now, some of you, as we're praying this morning, you realize that you're down. You're just down. And that's okay. God, God understands. But I just would pray that you would speak boldly to yourself this morning. It's time for you to fall in love with the word of God again. The enemy has been trying to keep it on the shelf, but you pick it up again. Pick it up. Remind yourself by the Holy Spirit that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Preach a little sermon to you today. Others of you, while we're praying, you realize that there are people all around you and it's time to encourage. You just, you're spending way too much time thinking about yourself and you know that when you're in a group, you're just Debbie Downer, but you know it's time for you to start sending those texts and writing those emails and making those phone calls, encouraging somebody in the name of Jesus. Let God change somebody's life through your boldly spoken words. Let today be the day. Others of you, there's someone that you love and, and you know they're going down the wrong path. They're going straight for that black widow's web and you're not the confrontation type you don't want to be but you know what god is convicting you right now because you believe so deeply and you love them so much that you've got to speak boldly not out of arrogance not out of pride but out of love to help someone see the truth others of you while we're praying right now you're thinking about a dad or a mom or a brother or a sister someone you work with someone you play with someone you do sports with someone at the gym someone in your school someone that you know and you love that does not know christ and you've been letting your life be a witness You've been letting your life be a witness, but you've stayed silent with your words. I pray boldly right now that God would give you a divine opportunity, a holy moment by his Holy Spirit, where you would have the courage to share about the hope that is within you. And that hope has a name. It's the name that is above all names. And that you would be bold and you'd say, this is who he is. This is what he's done. His name is Jesus. He's the way the truth, and the life. For those of you that would say, I'm not as bold as I, want, I could be, but I want to believe deeper. I want to be bold for you, God. God, I want to so believe in you that boldness would be the supernatural result of my faith in you. If that's you this morning, will you just lift your hands high? Amen. Amen. Lift them high. Amen. Anyone else? Lift your hands. Come on. Be bold for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead and put them down. I want to pray for you. God, I, I just, I thank you for those people. You can build... A church with those kind of people. I, I just, hallelujah, for those that raise their hand today, Lord. And I pray that you would speak to them and you would just continue to grow them, Lord, in the things of the Lord. Grow them in your word, that you would speak to them by your word, that they would speak your word out loud, God. That they wouldn't be afraid where they used to be afraid. They would no longer be afraid. Fear would not have a grip in their life, Lord, that they could be bold in you, Jesus. When they pray, when they talk to others, they could be bold. And when they're prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak boldly, that they would speak boldly. Boldly because they believe deeply. And God, we trust you with the results as we obey the promptings of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just.
pray that over you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that you give her encouragement to be bold for you, Jesus. That you love her as your daughter, Lord. That she's accepted and loved in you, Jesus. But you have things for her to do. You're stirring her up. You are calling her, Lord. You are setting her apart, Lord, to do amazing things for your kingdom. And I pray that she goes out today, Lord. She'd be filled with your Holy Spirit. And know that you have called her, Lord, to greater things. And we thank you for that, Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. And let's continue to pray. Let's continue to pray. There are some of you in this morning, you, you know that you, you kind of think about them and believe them in your head, but it's never come down to your heart. And as we pray, I just pray that it would come from your head down to your heart and you'd never be the same. That as you call on him, scripture says, if you confess him with your mouth, if you speak it, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be transformed, forgiven, totally new, filled with the Holy Spirit. There are those of you, just so you know, as we're praying, that's why you're here today. Did you know God brought you here? today because he wants you to have a new life in Christ. You don't know him yet, but you're ready to know him. You're not following him yet, but you're ready to follow him. You need new life. You need forgiveness. Right now, you are asking Jesus to take your life and use it for his glory. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hands with all heads bowed? Raise your hands high. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I see you over there. Raise your hands so I can see you. Yeah, I see you over there on the left. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands down. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Everybody pray aloud. We're all going to pray this together. But if you've never prayed this prayer before, this is a life-changing prayer for your life today. Everybody pray out loud. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Jesus, be my Lord. I give my life to you. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you always. Help me to believe deeply that I will speak boldly. Shout it out. Jesus Christ is my Savior. He is my Lord. My life is not my own. I give it to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate with the Lord? Everybody worship the Lord. Worship Him. Welcome those that are in the family of God today. We have new people in the family of God today. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen.